0: What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at Hogshaven.com, at Hogshaven on Twitter, and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Maul. Jamal Forrest, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the U. You know what time it is, man. Washington suffered a 24-14 loss against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we got some things to talk about. We got a couple things to talk about. Before we even get into it, though, if you find yourself with some spare time, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast if you aren't. If you can also help us out, leaving us a two-second rating, five stars preferably, and review. It'll help to let the potentials know, you know, we got a little quality podcast over here at SB Nation uh, for the Washington Commanders. So let's go ahead and get that done if you can. And let's get back to the Kansas City Chiefs and Washington Commanders. Ladies and gentlemen, um, last week, one of the first things I listed in the three things that I wanted to see against the Kansas City Chiefs was the starting unit allowing 0 points against the Kansas City starters. Washington's offense is banged up, but the defense was not. Eliminate the small gaps. Now, it is important to note, and I was hoping you all understood, I wasn't serious when I said 0 points. Like I was I was having some humor behind that, but ultimately you understood the point. I don't need to see these guys looking lost. I don't need to see these guys playing undisciplined. I don't see I don't need to see none of these guys. I don't care who you're going up against. Like it's always a way to correct it. And if you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, a Super Bowl contender, if you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's a dull quarterback, and if he keeps playing the way he is, ultimately going into the Hall of Fame, it don't matter who you're going up against. Ron Rivera has made it clear. Year three is a big year for him. They already fired an assistant coach. In my theory, I stick to it. He didn't fire him because he was mad at him. He fired him because either the player or the coordinator was frustrated with Sam Mills. The pressure is on. And the pressure is on the the defensive side of the football. And while I said... I didn't want to see zero points. I wanted to see these guys look competent. I wanted them to eliminate the small gaps. No miscommunications. Have an understanding on all fronts. When you drop in coverage and you see certain looks, I need you to know what you're doing. I need you to trust your eyes. On the pass rush side, I need somebody other than Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen to make plays. I need somebody to get in that backfield. On Twitter... Saturday, the game, uh, the, the day of the game, prior to the game started, I wanted to see something from Shaka Tony because he's the only other guy, I mean, outside of Daniel Wise, who is an interior to this point, and he showed something in the first game. I have to look at the second game and see something. But Shaka Tony is the only guy I see getting off that ball with good explosion. He's not able to finish. He got a sack against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he was able to get home. But ultimately, I need to see these guys on the rush line playing with some discipline and somebody making plays other than Montez and Jonathan Allen. These guys, the starting defense, they threw up on themselves again. Now, I said this thing on Twitter that it's very important for everybody to know that that loves the Washington Commanders, that are invested in the season – and understanding that it's preseason but there are some key takeaways from everything remember when we first introduced one another and i introduced you all to my to to who i am and what i believe about this this preseason thing and as we got ready for our first preseason game there's always takeaways from preseason there's always situations that you can assess and evaluate initially my key focus was on the offense How did they perform on the plus side of the field? And we're going to get into the offense. But how did they perform on the plus side of the field? I wanted to see how they executed in situations. Third downs. Red zone. All of those things. I wanted to see that. And I was less concerned about the defense going into the preseason. Because I figured that they were going to bounce back. But what I said about the offense also applies to the defense. I just didn't talk about it enough. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to talk about the defense. This defense is in a situation that I have seen countless times in previous seasons. And on Twitter, I said that you cannot sit here and see the same thing year after year performance-wise and believe there's nothing to be concerned about because it's preseason. I agree with everyone when you say that there's no need to panic. I agree. We don't have to argue about that. But let's have some situational awareness here, people. Ask yourself, what were the past problems? What was the problems of years past? What were the specific problems under Ron Rivera? And then ask yourself this. What have you seen? Over the past two weeks. Have those past problems shown itself? The answer is yes. Kansas City starting offense. Had two drives. And they only needed two drives. Like I'm sure they was anticipating on playing a half. But they looked so goddamn good in two drives. Andy Reid took them out. Kansas City starting offense. Drive one. 12 plays 87 yards and a touchdown. Their second drive, 12 drives, 12 drives, (laughs) 12 plays, 82 yards and a touchdown. Washington allowed five third down conversions on five third down attempts. Rivera said after practice, you know, this is according to Kime, too, because I don't have the transcripts yet. They haven't made them available. Um, I wish they did, but, you know, it's whatever. But he told reporters, per John Kime, that they will have to look hard at third down defense, figure out who the copers are. Also said that they have to be disciplined, have to make sure that we're coaching them up to be disciplined and making sure that we're what we're doing is giving them a chance to succeed. Understood. But if you're talking about a third-down defense who, in years past, were outside of the 2020 season, where you you faced a multitude of backup quarterbacks, if you're talking about a defense who's been ranked at damn near bottom of the barrel f- since 2016, what, 31st in 2021, 7th in 2020, like I mentioned, 32nd in 2019... 29th and 2018, 32nd in 2016, 7th um, in 2017. That is problematic. And that, like I said, if you look at your problems from since 2020 and once Rivera kicked in, you know, not much has changed in, in key metrics um, from years past and years before around Rivera. So, my issue, ladies and gentlemen, there was a variety of things that was going on that you can all talk about and we can talk about for two hours and three hours so how do we condense it let's start with the front seven again I mentioned Montez Sweat and John Adam. It looks like they're going to carry the pass rush this season um again I've said Deron Payne is a guy that I think he plays well and plays with quickness and is able to get off the ball very quickly. Like When he's successful, when he looks good, that's what happens. He gets off the ball quickly. But when you're facing a good pass rusher, I mean, excuse me, pass blocking offensive lineman, and they're able to match your quickness and, and establish that half-man relationship, meaning beat you to the spot that you're trying to go to or cut off your rush path, and now you have to work in some, some hand moves and try to... Uh, uh, have some moves from a lower body standpoint and show some agility to, to get past this guy. Spin move, swim move, chop, rip, uh, a toolbox. If I'm asking you for a toolbox, pain doesn't have it. So that eliminates one person that, that plays majority of the time. James Smith Williams, a guy who's going to be playing opposite of Montez Sweat because Chase Young is hurt. He's developing as a pass rusher. He's not making himself known defensively as a pass rusher yet. Now you enter Casey Tuhill, who Ron Rivera was specifically upset at after the game, who allowed uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes on the second red on the second touchdown uh, to escape the pocket because he got upfield and took himself out of the play. I read it verbatim what Ron Rivera said after the game. I think there were some mistakes out there that obviously we need corrected. We can't have it. We got one guy coming off the edge, and we got someone that's not setting the edge. So the quarterback steps aside. That touchdown pass is a great example of that. That was the big disappointment, the second touchdown pass that Mahomes threw. The defensive end, Casey Tuhill, gets upfield, doesn't get good level, and washes up and over. Washing meaning he runs around the arc, the quarterback arc, the, po- the pocket that the quarterback sits in. That's what the, that's what washes up means. He took himself out the play. Rivera continues, says Mahomes just steps up where he was by his time and is able to stretch a little bit away from Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat was coming off the backside. You have to stick to the process. You have to do your job. Montez Sweat ran a TE twist, which is a a tackle and end twist where end Montez Sweat replaces tackle. I think that was Deron Payne. Uh, where the, the the tackle is actually pushing towards the uh, towards the edge, and the, uh, the 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 end replaces on a loop and tries to win inside against the guard. And Montez Sweat creates amazing pressure, but he's not able to get home because Patrick Mahomes escapes the pocket. So again, Rivera says you have to do your job. Casey Tuhill, back to these defensive line. If you aren't, first off, if you aren't even able to stay disciplined. Enough to stand your rush line. Like on that play, if you look back, it may look like Jonathan Allen wasn't doing anything. Like technically, he wasn't, but it wasn't that he wasn't trying. Is when you understand that your rush is it and you're getting double teamed on a pass on a you know on a pass uh, pass down. Excuse me. You have to look the bo- you have to look for the ball. You have to find the ball. So what John Allen did was stand still monitor the ball monitor patrick mahomes and if he was going to pass the ball he was going to jump and probably try and deflect it if he tried to escape the pocket he was going to move with patrick mahomes what casey two did was first off he was slow off the ball but secondly when he was slow off the ball he completely vacated his pass rush lane and ran around Patrick Mahomes. So when you're beat the way you the way in which you did, ultimately you have to serve as a contain man and make sure that he stays in the pocket. And I'm sure coaches reiterated that 7,000 times during the week. And he wasn't able to do it. And this was a critical moment, red zone situation with some of the younger guys that Ron Rivera said, I have faith in, I will not bring in a veteran because I, I, I believe that these guys are going to execute and do their job. This meaning James Smith Williams. This meaning Casey Tuhill, This meaning Shock and Tona. This means FA Abada, This means uh uh I mean it's to an extent Daniel Wise, but he's interior, so not necessarily him. Uh but you have so much going on with this defensive line, and uh ultimately you have up to four guys that you wanted to bank on, Rivera, over these first two weeks that hasn't shown you much. At least as a pass rusher. So again, pass rushing is one thing, but now you go to the to the to the linebackers. And a lot of people are gonna make like I've seen some things floating around with Jamin Davis, uh him on a on a pass rushing, him getting uh hit from an offensive tackle who had a free who had a who had nobody checking him or nobody in front of him, so he's going to chip and and have a free shot on Jamin Davis. But ultimately, I think Jamin Davis played fine again. And I'm going to look at the film and I'm going to make sure that what I saw with my eyes matches what the film says. But Cole Holcomb, the guy that uh, Ron Rivera decided to keep in after uh, watching his film after the season ended, the 2021 season ended, and said, you know, these are the guys that. Uh, I trust moving forward. Um, Cole Holcomb is a guy who looks kind of lost in coverage, and um, for a guy who looked lost in coverage in the second straight week, I had one gaff, one major gaff on third down. The first week, you don't look too good. The second week, um, you know that's that's problematic, and then you miss a tackle against Travis Kelsey, who I I gave I commended because Travis Kelsey is an individual who makes a lot of people miss. Uh, but ultimately, on a four or five yard route, it ends up turning to like nine or ten. If it wasn't a first down, ultimately, you you kind of uh, it's it's another it's another hurtful play. And that wasn't the only hurtful play that uh, Holcomb gave gave up that contributed to the issues of the defense. So back to Holcomb, um, I, I think that a guy who they're going to ask to lead this defense and take control from both the pass rush a blitzing uh, guy and a and a coverage guy and run stopping guy, he has to develop quicker than what he's doing right now. Not and, and he's a terrible player, but he he bears a lot of responsibility as the middle linebacker, and he has to show that he can he can be effective from a uh, a run defense standpoint and a pass coverage standpoint. He's going to be on the field a lot, and if he's going to get exposed in coverage. Then Washington defense, at least in the middle of the field, is going to have a long day, or they're just going to have to find a way to get them off the field in pass rush. I mean, in pass coverage situations, but I doubt that they do that. That's that secondary man. They had a bad day um, on one of the third down conversions early on in the game. Washington essentially got off the field, but you know Patrick Mahomes, being who he is, is going to take that deep shot and ultimately drew a pass interference on. Um, on William Jackson third and you know, it's simple mistakes like that when you go up against some of these guys, some of these top-tier teams where, like, even if this was regular season, you got to understand how important that is. Like, those mistakes happen, but ultimately, you're talking about 40 yards downfield where you give up pass interference, so if it wasn't for a holding call on Kansas City, you're giving up 40 yards, a cheap, cheap 40 yards on one play, so ultimately... I just think it comes down to like these these small gaps, man, they are they are consistent and they weren't eliminated from week one to week two. It continued on and they're not small gaps anymore. There's something where it's like ultimately you noticed it, but now you're concerned. And you had so much time in this offseason to address certain issues, and you 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 rarely made changes from a defensive standpoint, adding in in terms of veterans and adding in uh, skilled position guys from either a linebacking standpoint or pass rush edge standpoint, you chose not to do that. So as we move forward, ultimately, the lie uh the, the burden lies on Ron Rivera, and I'm sure he's very much aware of that. Uh, and I think that's that's really about it with that secondary. Like I told people, Kendall Fuller, um, I think that he's a good player. And a lot of people, and let me give up his compliments off rips. His response to being picked on was fine. He was mentally there. He made outstanding pass breakups a couple of times after he gave up a touchdown. So credit to him. But back to my criticism, and it's not even a criticism of him. It is just understanding that there's a lot of people who like to think that Kendall Fuller is better than what he is. Like, he's a good cornerback. But do not have analytics fool you into thinking that he's locked down. And it's not, again, a disrespect to Kendall Fuller. I just want people to understand that we need help in the secondary. We need help at linebacker. Um, And that's only on the assumption that these guys don't improve, right? But you're seeing some of the chinks in the armor already and this is not off of just preseason games this is off of data from last year and years past but also continuing in the preseason so ultimately this secondary needs some they're going to have to find some ways to have to get some help up front it's just as, it's really just as simple as that and, and that's ultimately where i'm getting to with these guys uh kendall fuller is a good cornerback william jackson i believe is a good cornerback the safeties, I love what Bobby McCain is doing. Um, but when you're playing a lot of man coverage, when you're also playing against a top-tier quarterback, that pass rush has to get home. And these aren't the guys that can cover and help your help your pass rush out for an extended period of time. Like That's not going to happen when you face an above-average to good uh, or maybe a good quarterback. I, I think above-average you can probably get home. But good to elite, you're going to struggle if... That pass rush does not help these guys out. Ultimately, that happens all the time around the league, but specifically related to Washington, you're not going to help this this secondary out if you can't get home because these guys are going to get in trouble downfield uh, and ultimately uh, in all areas of the field. You're wondering, how are these guys wide open? That pass rush has to help these guys out. So as we transition from the defense, I think it's important to note that we talked about the coaching in Sam Mills and Ron Rivera, Jack Rio. Uh, a brief statement on him. Um, you know, there again, there's no hiding. There's no hiding for him, there's no hiding for that rush line. Um, and ultimately these guys have 3 weeks until the season starts. You have to you have to find the root cause of what is making this defense, give up so many third downs to the starting unit. You have to figure out why you have not forced a punt against the starting unit. You have to understand why you aren't even getting home um, against the starting unit. Like, these are all the things that you have to try to focus on because you have three weeks to figure it out until Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson come in here with a much more improved offensive line, a second year in Trevor Lawrence who has a much more competent head coach who can install a professional offense in which a lot of people these days are running and it'll probably make sense for Trevor Lawrence because he has some familiarity with it in terms of RPOs and um, RPO-based schemes. So you have three weeks to figure it out because if you don't, you're looking at a team who's going to ultimately stick in the game and manage the time of the possession really well and keep this game close, closer than people would like to imagine. So that's it on uh, Jack Del Rio. As we transition to the offense, starting offense goes 0 for 3 on third down. And this side of the ball is a little frustrating to watch. But I will start off with some positives. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. um, We talked about how last episode, Brian may already be the starting running back. And I wanted to see from... One of the three things that I wanted to watch is Antonio Gibson's effectiveness as a returner and if he can provide playmaking potential there. I think at the very least, I didn't see anything special on his return, but at the very least, um, this is a guy in Antonio Gibson where you saw him operate multiple times out of the backfield, motion out of the backfield as a receiver, um, run some routes out of the backfield, and then return a punt on the very first kickoff which was good to see it all came down to after that after all those notations it all came down to how brian robinson looked as he got his first start for the commanders and if he looked competent he had it that's all it came down to and brian robinson looked very much competent he entered the game eight carries 31 yards um his longest rush was nine yards but he got nine twice so it's very good to see he's averaging 3.9 um, yards per carry against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but ultimately, this is per Warren Sharp of Sharp Analytics. Brian Robinson has 14 carries over the preseason, 4.1 yards per carry, and a plus of .30 EPA, which is expected points added to an offense, uh, 57% Success on his rush on his rush rates and 3.75 yards after contact. Antonio Gibson, six attempts, 0.8 yards per carry, negative 0.69 EPA expected points added, 17% success rush success 1.0 which is just a yard. I don't know why I'm reading it like that. Yards after contact um, per rush and Brian Robinson's 3.75 that I noted. After contact, his rush ranks or after contact excuse me ranks third best in the NFL among RBs with over four, with over 10 attempts this preseason. Small sample size, but indication that what they drafted him for, he's accomplishing. and ultimately when you see him performing which the way he did against the Kansas City Chiefs, getting skinny in the hole a couple of times, uh, inside runs in between the tackles, something that they're asking Antonio Gibson to do, but he's just, un- he's just shows that he's incapable and, uh, not comfortable doing it in the way in which Brian Robinson did comparatively speaking, you, you found your starter, you found your lead back in Brian Robinson. I think that there is no further conversation about who's going to be the starter week one for me. I already believe that they had their mind made up once he fumbled and the, the week of practice that was for Antonio Gibson. But ultimately, I like what I saw from Brian Robinson. Um, I'm a little frustrated in Scott Turner because uh, it doesn't—it shouldn't take a fumble, uh, the seventh or eighth fumble over the past year, for them to figure out that they need to utilize him in multiple ways. But maybe they just didn't want to expose him because he was the only running back that they had last year um, in terms of ball carrier. So maybe they didn't want to utilize him that way, but... I'm not buying that. <laughs> uh, I believe that you could have found a way to utilize him more and, and, and give uh, Jonathan Williams, Jared Patterson, or, or even J.D. when he was healthy, you could give him more carries. But ultimately, um, they tried to utilize Antonio Gibson in new ways against Kansas City, and uh, he, ended up, he ended up with uh, three three receptions, I believe, for 37 yards and had a had a, a big 22-yarder on the J.D. special, J.D. McKissick. Texas route over the middle. Um, so if he's showing you he's capable of running routes as a receiver out of the backfield and he's showing you uh, that he can run routes from the line of scrimmage, then you have an option there in terms of being uh, two two running back sets out of the backfield. You have multiple options of how you can implement Antonio Gibson to your offense. Another thing that I didn't like from Scott Turner offensively um, as we transition to the rest of the team um, outside of Brian Robinson was how he utilized Antonio Gibson on the first drive um you're you're having a you're having very good a very good drive starting off the game and to, uh, again back to Brian Robinson who was found in the rush lanes and they're moving the ball in between the tackles this defense is is faster than they are bigger in my opinion the Kansas City Chiefs defense and that's okay but ultimately Scott Turner on a second and five decides to <laughs> run a stretch zone for Antonio Gibson um, just to get him in the mix, apparently, and got behind the sticks, lost a yard. That second and five turns to third and six, and ultimately on that third and six, Carson Wentz goes deep in man coverage to Curtis Samuel to the left side line, and it goes incomplete. We punt the ball. You don't have to force anything to Antonio Gibson if everything's working. You don't have to implement him on the first drive just for the sake of implementing him with the starters. Like, Make sure that you understand that you're in a good position to use him. Make sure that your your, your offense is in a good position to to be creative and, and create these mismatches. Like, You're in a good rhythm and you're approaching Kansas City territory. You don't have to force A.G. into it yet. You find your ways, you find your plug-ins, and it's okay. So you lose a yard on AG's first carry, and I'm not blaming AG for that. I'm actually blaming the play calling and the uh, the situation. Like, that's that's what I'm calling. I, he needs to identify the rhythm in which he was calling plays. So that's where I'm getting at. Um, but ultimately, uh, you, you punt on that drive, and as we transition to overall issues, um, miscues, and, and penalties... Hurt both sides of the ball, but ultimately hurt Washington in the red zone. Um, that leads to a Carson Wentz sack. Uh, yeah, the, the series, you start off a second and five. You get beat off the ball. and This is inside the red zone. You get beat off the ball as they're driving on their second drive. And um, you lose like a yard or no gain or something like that. Turns into from a second and five inside Kansas City's 30. It goes to a third and five. And then on the third and five, you have a false start. And then the false start turns into a 3rd-and-5 to a 3rd-and-10. At 3rd-and-10, Carson Wentz takes a sack. That sack puts them out of field goal range. Multitude of mistakes. And Carson Wentz holds the ball a little too longer than what he should have. Um, And on the TV copy, it looks like Antonio Gibson was wide open to his left, where he starts his reads on the right side, which is okay. But I just need to know what his progressions look like, because he says after the game he's playing hero ball. He acknowledged that. So we need to figure out why he was playing hero ball. When you could have instantly checked it down. And Antonio probably would have gave you uh, at least one defender missed, And you probably would have had a shot at the first down. So I just want to understand what he's looking at. He gives up a sack. It looks bad on Cosme. And it looks bad on the tight end, Armani Rogers. But they did their job. And when Carson decides to escape the pocket. But he changes his mind. It ultimately frees the pass rusher who ends up getting a sack. Uh, rookie. What's his name? Carl Kar- George Carloftis, I believe. I don't even know that guy. So ultimately, uh this starting offense, the starting defense, man. Ron Rivera actually spoke to the starting defense as well. And I mean, excuse me, starting offense. And it's as simple. He says Winston the offense moved the ball effectively, but when the commanders get to the 40 and beyond, the team has to put up points. We talked about that starting defense, not being able to get off the field, starting offense. It's still scoreless against opposing teams once. And it's kind of crazy how both starting units, offense and defense, aren't able to get off the field in terms of like having their day done until they play with the twos, play against the twos. That is frustrating. And that is concerning because why aren't you getting off the field <laughs> when the Kansas City starting offense is getting off the field? Like the same time that they are or the same time the Kansas City starting defense getting off the field and vice versa. Why isn't the Kansas, uh, the Washington Commanders starting defense getting off the field when the ones of the opposing team is getting off the field? That is just some things that you have to you have to take note of. So again, with um, Rivera Wentz, the starting offense, I like what I'm seeing from the pass protection. I like what I'm seeing from Brian Robinson. I like that uh, Jahan Dawson got in the mix early. He looked very smooth and had some, some subtle acceleration after he got his bubble screen uh target to him. I like what I'm seeing on these sides of the on certain aspects when it comes to certain player evaluations, but ultimately when it comes to um the offense and defense, both sides of the ball are in a tough situation right now. And um we they gotta see this thing through. They gotta see this thing through. Again, what I say about the defense, three weeks until week one, same thing happens, and the same thing, uh, same thing starts with the offense. And it's frustrating that Washington can't take their starters out because they can't stop or stop can't store score or stop Kansas City starters. And at its bare core, it's a problem. Um, Armani Rogers went to the locker room um in the second half, and Eli Wolf became the Lone Ranger at tight end. Uh and I think he's literally, until we get an update on Armani Rodgers, he's literally the only tight end that they have at this point. John Bates hurt. Uh, Logan Thomas hurt. Cole Turner hurt. Um, uh, Curtis Hodges hurt. That's four down. And now Armani Rodgers may be hurt. Who actually had a really good catch and run in the first half and looked very good for a 6-5, 2 tight end. So they're hurt. Charles Leno is injured. Um, that caused him to miss the game. There's a ton of injuries on that offensive side of the football. And if they can't even make it to week one, we're going to have a long, at least a long quarter, first quarter of the season. And that's not what you want to see, uh, to start off the gate in a critical third year, according to Ron Rivera. You don't want to start off with two, with, with excuses. So, um, Another good thing that we'll end it with, because I don't want to make it sound all negative, I like Dax Milne. Um, I like how Dax Milne played. I think that he solidified himself as that, that back end of the, the receiving group. I think we need to end all of the returner and, and special teams conversations because none of these guys outside of Dax Milne looks good. And if Antonio Gibson can provide kick return duties and Jahan can prote- provide spot Return duties. Dax Milne is ultimately that guy on special teams who can take over, and then we have a guy who's actually capable in the slot and making things happen from a receiving standpoint as well. He has he has some moves, some subtle moves that's very impressive for him. So Dax Milne is good. Um Sam Howell, we can dead the, the QB two for now. Uh This was an, a continuance of some of the issues that's popped up on his film from week one, and that's okay. He's not he's not a bad quarterback he's just showing that uh what people say in terms of him needing to grow is um it's true and that's fine so and then on top of that taylor heineke bounced back he had a solid week two outside of the effort ball that he threw downfield that almost got picked off to deami brown so um i think that's it for now we're going to end it here for my instant recap uh we'll be back throughout the week to talk about some other some additional topics um and and turn and circle back on some more things related to the game that we we kind of spoke on to to an extent here so that being said uh y'all be safe hey enjoy y'all sunday if y'all listening on day of but we will catch you on throughout the week i got a couple guests that i'm trying to get situated and we'll you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there so yeah that's it y'all be safe peace